I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlet. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Welcome to another episode of The Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and welcome to our country, Ingrid Larson. <laughs> and my name is Colin Drucker, and I wanted to pin you, I have an anal fissure, so we're dating. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, two of the best quotes. Yeah. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> oh God! When she said that, both of those ladies, both of, both of those quotes. Oh my goodness! I wrote that one down too. It, that was such a Laurie Metcalf. Welcome to our country, Ingrid Larson. Like that it wasn't funny on paper, but just so brilliant. Ugh. Yeah, as Jenna, it is funny. Yeah. I love Jenna's bedside manner. That's something yeah. I want to take with me. Yeah, of just like a nuance of her, just like. Sometimes she's real. It's like spot on, but most of the time it's just left of center. It's, you know, yeah. it's just like you're you're saying nice things, but it's just it's so weird. But I love it as a viewer. Yeah, I you know, and it's something we definitely see these episodes is the moments when Jenna is is a good doctor. Like I think, especially in episode yeah. five when she comes in uh, with. Uh, Mrs. Uh, Bowler, where it's like she just yes. snaps into doctor mode. And I love that Jenna is not a total idiot, but she's definitely a boob, you know, sometimes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, uh, you may have just closed your eyes and hit play, and so you have no idea what we're talking about. In that case, <laughs> quick catch up. We are continuing the final act of our discussion of season one of the U.S. remake of Getting On. Uh, specifically episodes five and six, uh, our our time at the Billy Barnes Extended Care Ward is coming to a close this week. It is. And I, I feel like I might not watch season two right away, but I, I feel like I'm going to save it for another time for sure. Like, I don't, I got other stuff on the list, you know, it's, it's hard, but... I, I want to continue. Yeah, I was having the same thoughts because we got a, a really nice tweet from a listener who suggested that we definitely dive into season two. Yeah. And yes. I, listener, I agree. Uh, and A, thank you. Uh, two, I agree. <laughs> but I was thinking the same thing of like, I don't, I, I'm definitely like good to take like just a, a little breather, just kind of explore some other things. But in some capacity, I really want to go back to getting on because I especially by the end of the, of this season, by these last two episodes, I was just like, this was great. This was so yeah. like I, looking back on it, not to kind of, you know, put a final note on it four minutes into the conversation, but you know, looking back on it, it's like, this was really such a perfect show for us to talk about. Yeah. The perfect sort of package of, um, you know, women we love and the sort of like style that we love. And, a six episode season, Colin. I think it's then there's it's that perfect. Yeah, six. Do you remember episodes. when episodes were like 
Oh my god! And granted, most of them were like comedies, but like twenty-two episodes. Oh. You know what I mean? Like uh, I'm panicking. Yeah, yeah. Like you yeah, would look at a. a what I, I assume like a season of Friends would be like that, or a Will and Grace, or something, or um, even the Golden Girls. That would they go on for yeah. you know uh, definitely close to twenty episodes. But like, yeah. A fucking season like the dramas, the yeah. hours, like uh, not the hours, the movie, but like oh, the yeah. hour, yeah, Grey's Anatomy, shows. like yeah. yeah, that's the first one I thought of. Uh-huh. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's you know, I do love, and I feel like this happens a lot with like British shows in particular, which obviously Getting On is based on. Is they'll do a, a two season show or a two series show, as they'd say. Yes, and uh-huh. and the episodes are twenty five minutes. You know, and it's not yeah. meant to be more than that, and it's meant to. T- it's kind of like an extended miniseries you know uh yes. and i love that format i just think like i mean i think fleabag was like that you know where it was just you know th- i think the the economy of that i think makes it actually more exciting to watch you know yeah knowing that there's i don't know because i feel like everything that you get into if, especially if it, it's already a season or two in it's it it just feels so daunting to catch up so mm. i think that's where a lot of my sort of Again, what else am I doing with my time? I don't know. But right? I like right? I also feel uh, like, I don't know, just press play. Just press play. It's, there's, that, there's that angle, too. But, uh, yeah, but anyways, getting on season two, it'll happen one day. And I think it'll happen when it's ready to happen. Yeah, because I think, you know, uh, reasons for us, I mean, not that we need any more reasons to do season two, but I imagine... That is when we may see more of June Squibb. We may see yeah. then Kristen Johnson as her daughter. Uh, I mean, there was a whole litany of them. Gene Smart pops up at some That's point. Right. That's uh, right. That's yes. right. So there's a, a Mary Kay Place. Like there's a, there's a lot of uh, guest stars to come that we'd also get to see, and, and more of Jenna and Dee Dee and Dawn, who, um, and even Patsy, who I've I've grown attached to in a way, you know. Yeah, I have some opinions about Patsy, but I guess I guess we'll get into it later. Yeah, yeah, whenever you feel, you know, the floor is yours whenever you want. You just ring that little bell over there. Yeah. Yes, my my Patsy platform. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, so how about we we dive into episode 5, yeah. which is all about the night shift at the Billy Barnes Extended Care Ward. Uh, I I have never worked a night shift anywhere. Is that something? Have you ever done something approximate to a night shift? Oh, that's a good question. I've never done a graveyard shift. If that's maybe sure what yeah. you're asking, but yeah, I mean, I've I've worked a lot of retail. I feel like when I worked at Barnes and Noble, like the latest I was there was like ten o'clock, yeah. you know, on a Saturday or something like that. But never anything longer than that. I I honestly feel like. I, I think of jobs like jobs that I didn't have, but um, you know, if you're a late night like um, RA in college and you have to sit at the front desk, you know, uh-huh. because someone's got to. I, I, it sounds like I would love it. You know what I mean? Because like you just you're just by yourself. You can read a book. Yeah, it's nighttime. I, I do like the idea of it. I'd probably get tired after like three shifts. Right, <laughs> but you know, right. Oh yeah, I think it would fuck There's me potential. up. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing as there was something about it because I've never done a graveyard shift, but I've done similar to you. Like when I worked at Wegmans, like the store would close at Ugh. 10 p.m. And uh, but then, you know, when I worked the register, I'd be out of there in the next, you know, five, 10 minutes. It was just clocking yes. out. But yeah, uh, when I worked the prepared food section, uh, I feel like we would close down a little bit earlier, but the cleanup took longer. So we might not get out of there till like 
10.30, closer to 11, something like that. Um, yeah. And so, but what I loved about it was like, you know, it's it's the it's Wegmans after hours. It's closed. I could walk the aisles. I mean, because one of the things, if things were slow, even if we were working the registers, was like to do, um, I can't remember what it was, what the term was, but basically it was like things that people ended up not buying and like do and like you know at the register and so they'd all oh, kind yeah. of get collected and you'd have to go you know sure. return them to the shelves <clears throat> so if things yes. were kind of slow you could go take the basket full of those and return them to the shelves and if you really wanted to kill some time and didn't have you know a really prickly manager on on duty that night you could kind of just kill some time walking the aisles looking at the magazines looking at the you know yeah. international foods and i love to walk the aisles at a supermarket so like 9:30 at night at a wegmans walking the aisles of a you know it like Ooh, yes heavenly um but it, it there is something kind of peace, peaceful about it that i feel like i agree i would love to do more often yeah, I mean, this is a side note, but I I don't think I ever knew that you worked at Wegmans because I love Wegmans. Oh, and uh, we don't have them in Pittsburgh. With I bet when I go to Erie, with two E's, spooky. Um, yeah, that's like one of my favorite things to do <laughs> in Erie is go to Wegmans and just like spin around like Maria von Trapp um, on the top of that hill and just like look at all the food. Right, I just it's so amazing. Collapse Ugh, backwards into the boulangerie. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah, or the it's patisserie. I know. Yes. Uh, the, I worked at Wegmans for many years. I worked at Wegmans for six years. Um, wow. I okay. started like, you know, junior year of high school and I worked at the register for uh, a number of years. I even got a little scholarship from them. And oh, so, nice. you know, it was like a couple thousand bucks or whatever, but I had to work a certain number of hours every year to maintain that scholarship. So I was always guaranteed a job whenever I was home. Um, and even oh, there, that's perfect. Yeah. There was a Wegmans even in Ithaca if I wanted to work up there, uh, mm. which I didn't end up doing, but, uh, so I never had to worry about, you know, getting a, a job over the holidays or the summer. Like, I always had this built in. Um, but, yeah, eventually then I moved to prepared foods and I, you know, worked in the kitchen and um, and worked the counter and I made Caesar salads. And I, uh, oh, yeah, I, uh, you know, I made croutons. Like, it was, <laughs> it was a pretty good life. Um, I love that. Yeah, I, uh, there were elements of it that I really did enjoy. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Of course, it comes with its downfalls, but at right. the same time, like my, I can't wait for the day. I don't think it'll ever happen because giant eagles are everywhere in Pittsburgh. But I would love a Wegman's. Oh, I know. I would freak out. Yeah, Ugh. It, but you know, it makes it all the more special when we go to Erie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you know, I'll tell you, it's the whole thing when people say to someone at the at the, you know, the, the donut place, like, oh my god, don't you just go crazy? being around donuts all day and it's like yeah after a while it's a little less special and it's very much yes. true is after a while Wegmans wasn't that special to me and and when I you know customers would rave about it and I'd be like yeah I mean I guess you know yeah um, if you work there it's gonna yeah the magic is a little bit lost yeah yeah but oh I'll sing the praises of Wegmans any day yes uh, I, had, I had to mention that. Yeah, oh yeah. Anyway. No, I'll I'll the night I'll stop the world for Wegmans any day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Dee Dee is on the night shift, and uh, you know it's kind of opens with the monotony of, of probably many nights of like not much going on. You know, she's she loves Starburst, but she hates unwrapping each one of them. Which I was yes. like, ain't that the truth? Um, 
I love that one because it's just kind of a montage in the beginning of the episode, and I love that moment when she's goes in to wake that woman up, and she's like, "Oh, the doctor finally called in their approval for your sleeping pill. Do you want to wake up and take your sleeping pill?" And I yes, I that was my great. first note. Yeah, I love that. And then um, Ingrid Larson, the previously mentioned Ingrid Larson, is admitted, uh, who yes. is visiting from Sweden. And uh, I love when Dee Dee said, like, I don't remember what they'd said all that happened to her, but um, when Dee Dee says, oh, what a horrible vacation. I normally just get diarrhea. Like, I just... <laughs> yeah, that was such a great line. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, what I really like about this episode, even though I think there are other... I, bigger you know moments and and you know moments with other characters that kind of overshadow her i do love that this episode is really about Dee, Dee you know in a yeah. in a way mm-hmm. that's really subtle you know like it's about Dee Dee's shift doing the gra- graveyard shift you know yeah she's kind of playing mom in a way mm-hmm. i mean especially to to the patients and then to eventually don too but like it's like it was so nice and then it just like it just falls apart oh. like, in the funniest way possible. It really reminded me of like, I mean, it's a little shorter than a one act play, but it seems so such like a farce. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the way everyone's falling and like a lot of doors opening and eventually Patsy comes and Don falls in the fountain. And then Jenna's there with her husband and locks her husband in the room. So it's it. it but it was great. Yeah. So good. It's true. It really does play out like a farce. Like it is a yeah. slamming doors, noises off kind of um, play, yeah. <clears throat> but still done in the tone of getting on, you know? Um, yes. Yes. It's like it, it, it's a kind of looking back on this episode when it was over, I was like, that was so brilliantly done. You know, it just, it was, uh, it moves, it moves, it moves so fast. There's a lot of characters, uh, and it all wraps up and works out really well. And it, it's, it's a really great episode. You know, early on, we do get to see, you know, my favorite and Gilbert as birdie. Yes. Could I please have a glass of water? <laughs> She's like hooting. Yeah. Like, Ooh, sweetie, honey. <laughs> Yes. I love Miss Birdie. I, and I know that yeah, she's, she's in, great. she continues on, at least I know in season two. So I. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, good. Ugh, Miss Birdie. But then that's kind of when things start to go off the rails because Miss Birdie needs yes. the water and someone else's arm is hurting. And, you know, it just becomes one little thing after the other. And uh, that's when Jenna and the uh, infamous Richard arrive. Richard, played by yes. Daniel Stern. I know what great casting in a way. Seriously, I, I'm glad to see him working, but he is just like so perfect at that. I don't know, uh, uh, not unhinged, but just like I don't know, annoying husband that doesn't know when to shut his mouth. Yeah, I, you know, I was wondering, and I meant to look this up, but, but I got the sense that like Laurie Metcalf and Daniel Stern have like worked together before. Like, there's a sense of like, oh, you guys go back, you know. Yeah, same. They they fe- it feels right, and I don't know. Maybe it's just like my '90s brain just thinking that they're both really popular. I mean, Laurie Metcalf still is. She never she never lost it. But and I feel like Daniel Stern wasn't he in something else? Didn't he play a dad? I don't oh, remember. I, don't know why. I mean, he's been in a ton of stuff, and I I'm pretty sure he was the. Na- I know who it was. Who? Go ahead. Sorry, oh, I so interrupted you. Oh, so yeah, I'm pretty sure he was the narrator on the Wonder Years, which I think is a, a forgotten credit. Oh, wow, he's well known for. Yeah, that is wild. Yeah, I I just it just came to me. He plays, um, Aidy Bryan's dad in Shrill. Yeah, 
Uh-huh. Yeah. He's and he's so, great in it. He's, he's so likable. Yeah. Yeah. He yes. is so good in that. I can't remember who plays... Is her is there a character of her mother in that? I, I feel like I'm... Oh, rem- yeah. And it's like a lady that everyone knows. She's and great. Because it's not... I'm going to look it up as we yeah, talk. Yeah. Because it's killing me. And I know that I, I've wanted to discuss the mother in that. Because it's not uh, Julia Sweeney. She plays herself. It is Julia Sweeney. Oh, I know she's in it. But I thought Julia Sweeney played... She plays Vera. Vera Easton. And that's and Annie's last name is Easton. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I guess it is. There's yeah. another show that I saw where Julia Sweeney plays herself. Plays herself. This is gonna drive me nuts because I know there's another show where she plays herself. Oh, work in progress. Work in progress. It's a show on Showtime. Oh, great show because it, the main character is this like you know butch lesbian who. Um, you know, and it's a whole show about like she has a, a, a trans partner and it's all about kind of like gender and sexuality. Um, but Julia Sweeney had played, you know, the It's Pat character on SNL. Ah. And so the main character on Work in Progress confronts her about It's Pat. And it's, oh, Work in Progress, put a pin in that. You would love yeah, that show. Yeah, put it on our list. Yeah, yes. you would love Work in Progress. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yes, Daniel Stern, who to me, this episode and the way that we've had like a guest actress every episode, for me, I, Daniel Stern is one of those actors who I'm always like excited to see. And so Same. he's the guest star for me, the, the, the featured actress of this episode for me. Not the BSA, yeah. the featured actress. Sure. If you can't get Tracy Letts, Daniel Stern is right there. For oh, me, my you know? God. Can you imagine? Ugh. I thought it was for a second. I was like, if Colin didn't tell me this. Oh, I know. But I would have loved to have like found that out on my own, too. I would have been so delighted. I, we hear it more later, but we do hear early on that he calls her JJ, which I think is just a great detail. Yeah, Jenna James. Yeah. I, it's, it's, it's like I feel like she's annoyed by it, but also he's called it. He's called her JJ for so long. Yeah. Maybe she used to like it, but now she just gets annoyed. Right. I don't know. Right. What's like, the story Like, there? he called her that even, like, before they were married, and now she's stuck with it. Yeah. Yes. Also, I wanted to mention real quick, um, Hassan Minaj plays one of the doctors. I was going to ask, was that him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's him. Like a, like a clean-shaven. I think yeah. he's so clean-shaven. He might have, like, a little scruff. I feel like he's got a little uh, goatee thing in my mind. Yeah, yeah, something going on. But And some other doctor that I, I didn't write the name down, but I was yeah. like, oh, Hassan Minaj. Cool. He, he has just got the cutest little punum. It's like oh, he's the cutest uh, he's little so punum. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just, uh, he is going to, and a, a baby face. Oh, he's so cute. Yeah, uh, it kind of reminds me of, um, oh my goodness, why am I blanking? Noah, uh, Trevor Noah. Uh-huh. Also. Oh, yeah. Because they both have like such like, Below. Baby faces, too. Yep. I think he's so adorable and, like, handsome. They're both handsome men. They're grown men, but right. um, I don't know. They're just, like... But they still faced. get carded. Yeah. 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 Uh, so anyway. Anyway, this is where we really see Jen, as I said before, really getting activated for Mrs. Bowler, Sissy Bowler. Uh, and I just... I love this. She she comes into that situation. She's got her glasses on. She handles it so well and so calmly. And I, I think it's so important that we see that Jenna is a good doctor, you know? Yeah, I, I think so too. It's, 
she just kind because the other doctors are they are they like residents are they interns like they're they're above the nurse mm-hmm. and as far as like the hierarchy you can tell but like they listen to Jenna. Yeah, I was like, is this if we're gonna use Grey's Anatomy? Like, is she Bailey, and are they like you know Christina and George? You know, sure. Uh, yeah, like that's the vibes I got. Yeah, season one, season two, the early days of Grey's. You know, oh, um, yeah, the glory. Yeah, we're still due to do the BSAs, of the early days of Grey's. By the due way, do we're I due like to that. do yes. that? Yeah, I, um, that sounds. That sounds enticing. Yeah. I have to like do some research. Like maybe we like pick a certain episode that like each each person has like a featured, you know, dramatic moment in. Yeah. But, um but anyway, put a pin in that as well. Uh yeah. so uh this of course is when Ingrid Larson is uh is brought to the brought to the wing. Welcome to our country, Ingrid Larson. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so stupid and perfect. So stupid. The way it, she's leaning in she's... and like in her face. Oh my god. It's so Lori Metcalf. Stupid. <laughs> oh my god, she's such a boob. I love it. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Dee Dee lets Richard out of Jenna's office, and yes, he gets to work on what I needed someone to do is get those old monitors out of her office. Yeah, it was kind of sweet. Like, his motivation, I'm glad he did it. Someone needed to. Yeah, someone needed to. Um, Who knows where they went <laughs> down the stairway. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know where they In ended the elevator. up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, now, I, I, and I want to do the same thing we did last week where we kind of say who our BSA of each ep- of the episode yes. is. And, and I... And I'm struggling because I want to say it right now because it's just, it's so quintessential. Like, so I'm going to break the rules just for this episode. Do it. Dawn, uh, Alex Borstein is is the clear BSA of this episode because the yes. the way she arrives in this episode is w- one of my favorite entrances <laughs> ever. I think. I mean, it's like the, yeah, a ponytail and a dream. Yeah, you know? a ponytail. She's got a, a ponytail, uh, you know, extension hanging on for dear life. She's got her boobs out. She's all cinched in, in a re- red yeah. blouse and a little black dress and these little shoes that probably kill her feet. And she is drunk, but she is still feeling her oats drunk. And yes. the door swings open automatically because that's how it works in these extended care wards. And just the way that she click clacks in and as in a way that we have not seen Dawn before, it's just everything about it. I just loved. And I was like that is how a BSA enters an episode. Yeah, it kind of, I don't, I I think I, it was like the screen grab for the episode, which made me so sad because I would love to have not known that. I would love to have just been surprised. I was still surprised, but not as surprised. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And oh my gosh, dealing with drunk people, it's just like, I hate, being the sober person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like having to babysit, especially once you get to that age. No. Yeah. Enough. You oh, know, I don't yeah. I don't have the the energy for this. But it also makes for a great TV episode. Mm. Now we obviously get a lot of um Alex Borstein drunk acting this episode. And we've talked about drunk acting in the past. And I wonder where this falls for you. Um I know we've sung the praises of Evan Peters on Mayor of yes. Easttown, uh, Amy Poehler on Parks and Rec. Uh, there may oh, have been God, another one yeah. I'm forgetting, but I know those were two all stars. <laughs> oh yeah, Amy Poehler. Yeah, yeah. Those are those are the Hall of Famers. I think it's like 
Ooh, it's like there are different categories of drunk people too, because like Evan Peters is just like sort of sad drunk guy, new new in town mm-hmm. sort of the aesthetic, and then Leslie Nope is like the fight with the girlfriend in the bathroom, drunk mm-hmm. slash angry. But she, Alex Borstein is like, or Dawn rather, is just like, ugh, dating new guy doesn't know where it's going i'm gonna tell you everything about it drunk and also cry and then get mad there's so many layers so like i i really really enjoyed this and i loved i just love how they cut these scenes too like that's one of the things that i really enjoy Mm -hmm. even with the opening montage of Didi kind of going around to certain things but i thought it was beautifully edited i quite enjoyed it yeah, I I agree. I think that this was a, a roller coaster of emotions that she played. Drunk is hard, you know. And um, yeah. I mean, Eileen Heckert in the bad seed. I mean, there's you know, Oof. drunk is hard to do it really, it really well, and to find nuances within the drunk. And I felt like Alex Borstein. I just also a huge takeaway, you know, watching the season is like wow. Because I don't, I I am insisting on maintaining this grudge against the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I refuse to enjoy it. And so <laughs> I watched like one episode, and I was like, nope. And so I, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it just feels good. It just feels good to hate it, even un, you know, uh, sort of irrationally. And like ten years sure. from now, I'm gonna watch it and be like, guys, have you so seen? Like, did you know about Marin did, did Hinkle? You know Mar- I was just <laughs> gonna say. Do you guys know yes. about Marin Hinkle? Um, oh, I know, I it's know. So good. Uh, it'll you and know the other lady, the other lady. He says the uh, other lady, the other BSA that we love. She has a raspy voice. Oh my god! She I plays... you're struggling to remember Caroline Aaron's name. Yes. Oh my gosh! I am ashamed wow. as always. Wow. I'm sorry. Oh my name is shocked. <laughs> oh my god. I know. Oh, that scene. That scene. The bridge scene. The were bridge scene. Bridge? They were playing Ugh. bridge. You know, I would love to rewatch that. I like, would just too. Cut, yeah. Do a super cut of all those scenes. You know what we could do is we could we could <laughs> clip out those those special moment scenes from previous episodes we've done and just revisit like Hall of Fame BSA moments. Uh, yeah, or just do it. That'll be our Thanksgiving episode every yeah, year. Yeah, the scenes I mean? we're just... grateful for. The scenes we're grateful <laughs> yeah. for. Oh, I like that. Yeah, because like that. that's what I'm very grateful for. November is kind of a far time away, but it you know, is. And and it'll be even better. It'll be even better. It'll give a, give us a few things to you know to gather up. Um, yes. So uh, in the meantime, uh, it, there might even be a moment from getting on or two. You know. Yeah, of course. Uh, so Dawn is uh, Dawn is is uh, a wave of emotions, much like me hearing you not remember Caroline Aaron's name, and uh, she eventually. I love when <laughs> Dee Dee is catching her up on like what's going on, and she says, "Oh," and something about Mrs. Bowler, and the way Dawn is just like, "Oh God, I love Mrs. Bowler," and that's. Oh, it's that thing when you're drunk and all of a sudden the thing yes. that you're like, you mildly yes. like, all of a sudden you're like, I would die on that hill, you know? Yeah, calling your best friend in college saying like, I love you so much. Like, you right? don't understand. I love you so much. <laughs> and then you cry. <laughs> but it's all, it's all a voicemail, you know? Yeah, <laughs> that's my favorite. Is You don't understand. No, 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 no. You don't understand. I love you so much. No, 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 no. You, no, you don't get it. It's like, okay. <laughs> Fine. You gotta. I used to write on people's Facebook walls. Oh. There was like a memory of me that popped up on Facebook like 2005. 
sophomore year and it was just like i it was like spelled wrong and stupid yep. i posted it yes yeah. oh god yeah publicly facebook on their wall yeah yes yeah i know facebook was a different thing we were a different thing i mean yeah i know i boy do i think about that a lot of like who was she yeah i um, know I do love when Don says, I happen to think I'm very attractive, and there are a lot of people that will agree with that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just, like, I, I love the fast lines, and then I love, like, just her pulling back and say, you know, ugh, I love Mrs. Bowler. I love Mrs. Bowler. Uh, eventually, Dee Dee makes Don coffee and, like, tries to talk some sense into her, and Don cries and passes out against the window for a little bit. You know, meanwhile, obviously, Richard, the, the reason that Richard and Jenna are there is because... You know, and I kind of forgave, like, okay, much like watching, like, a farcical play, you kind of forgive how they all got into the situation so that you can watch them yes. be in the situation, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's like, okay, he has an ingrown toenail, and he let it get really bad, and they were out to dinner, and it really hurt him, so now they're going, you know, to her office so she can take a look at it. Like, it's like, okay, you know, sure. Did we get to, I'm sorry to interrupt, I'm sorry to interrupt, no. maybe it's your next notes, but did we get, because this is such a highlight for me, did we get to the voicemail that Don left Patsy? Uh, that is coming up, yes. Okay, that is coming sorry. up. Yeah, okay. I I got confused. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there is there's a there's a little drunken chat in all of this between Dawn and Richard when Richard says, you know, is is Jenna ever happy here? Uh, because I think he's been cleaning out her office oh, yeah. and he says a thing to her of like, I don't you don't have to like prove anything to people by like you know working in misery. It's a good line. Yeah, and I yeah. I and I loved kind of just seeing like Richard and Dawn drunk together and she was like, I won your museum basket, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> I was gonna make like a sort of comparison of, um, you know, oh my gosh, Colin, I I should be arrested for forgetting this person's uh -oh. name. I'm gonna do it on my own. Okay, all right. I'm I mean, I'm on my own. always happy to play twenty five thousand dollar pyramid. Don't no shame. Yeah, I mean, you'll get it in a second. Okay. okay. Who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? Sandy Dennis. It's honey. Sandy Dennis. Lord, what is going on with my brain? It reminds me of, like Sandy Dennis and Richard Burton, like out in the front yard. You know what I mean? I mean after the car has been driven home. Yeah, no, I mean, you're forgiven for the Sandy Den Dennis erasure because that is a perfect example. I thought the same yeah. thing. I was like, this is a I very was like, Ooh, I like you two together. Yeah. yeah. I want to see you two in a scene together. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Like I kind of wanted it to go on longer like that scene, you know, and like see them kind of see him talk about Jenna with her and things like that. Yeah. You know? What else do we not know about Jenna? Right. I feel like he would spill it. Right, right. Um, so, and th the reason we're not jumping just to the message she leaves for, to Patsy is because there's that amazing little monologue that she has. He leaves, he takes the Swiffer and leaves the little kitchenette. She has a breakdown to Dee Dee about like, I see all these women here and, you know, they don't yes. have anybody. And like, I just don't want to eat dinner for the alone, you know, for the rest of my life. And like, yeah. we kind of see this building up. I think we got no like hints of her concerns like this, you know, earlier in the season. But I like that we she kind of comes right out with it in this episode. She's like, I just I don't want to be alone. I feel like it's such an interesting idea that someone like Dawn, who is probably confronting an age or a point of her life where she's like hmm it might not happen i might not need, meet anybody and then she yeah. works her job every day is to be with these older women and many of whom are alone and are like well shit every day i'm i'm faced with you know 
my potential future. Like I could, I could be one of these patients one day. I could be Birdie one day. And Birdie has yeah. kids. She Birdie has more than she has. You know. Um, we should be so lucky. You should be, be so she lucky. Seems, she seems cool. Yeah. She's oh, a great gal. <laughs> God, I would. You should be so lucky to be Birdie. You know. Uh, could I have a glass of water? <laughs> I don't know the yeah, way she says I mean, that. I wonder if that's her real name. You know, like Birdie. Birdie. What's that short for? For but I, I love that. That's what do they call? There was like a neighbor near. Uh, oh goodness, it's uh, that. That doesn't matter. Um, okay. I'll think of it later. But there was a there was a, a neighbor near us. Her name was Regina. And they called her something really cool, and I can't so remember. This is a so, this is a, uh, a reference only you would know. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. You can't, it's not, <laughs> no one listening. I'm like, do you remember? Yeah, Colin? Do, you remember do you remember? Remember that lady childhood? Regina lived down the street? She had that dog, uh, Mrs. Cook. <laughs> Mrs. Cook, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Oh uh, yes. yeah. She drove a Pontiac. Um, yeah. So <laughs> yes, here is now we are at the scene where Dawn is leaving Patsy a terrible voice mes- voicemail. Oh my God, Colin. This. This is like what should have like won her an Emmy, you know, like, <laughs> like yeah. doing this. Like, I feel that phone calls are hard enough to do um, on like st- in stage or like in film. But like just the timing of it all and what she's saying is crazy. It is the definition of what we were just talking about, like a, a drunk voicemail in this case that you're probably going to regret. Uh, she's like, I know you're gay or bi or whatever, but. Maybe we could try for a baby because I love you. Oh, I, I'd really love to have your baby because I love you. <laughs> like I honestly so, like put my hands on my cheeks when I was watching this. I was like, Oh, oh I was no. howling. I yeah. loved it. I loved it. It's like Dawn, this is not. She's in good. the break room. The way she's sitting on the chair, even the way it's filmed, where the camera is outside the room, yes, and she's kind of framed, but a little bit to like left, right of center, or left of center, sort of on the edge of the chair. There's just something so off kilter about the whole thing, you know. It's very like Michael Scott, like leaving a voicemail for someone. You yeah, know? Like, it's just like you're you are crashing the plane, and there's no chance here. And but like, but the angle too reminds me of The Office, like those little hidden moments. Yep, yep. In the hallway, or you know, I don't know, in the snack by you know, by the vending machine. You yeah, know? like through one of the windows. Through yes, one of the exactly, windows. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, good, good, good. Um. So, uh, yeah, and then meanwhile, then, you know, Jenna is very much inspired by Ingrid and calls uh, Dr. Rabinowitz with her ideas, uh, you know, this whole new path that she's going to take with with uh, Ingrid and, you know, who's this superhuman old lady. I feel like Hector is wasted. Did we get that, like, vibe Well, so that he wasn't... They all went out to dinner. Yeah, right? that, so I was going to say, like, they all went out to asleep. dinner. Yeah, so he's definitely, like, have, has had a few drinks, is, is half asleep. Uh, and has like regrettably answered the call. Absolutely. Yeah, and oh my! I mean, again, that's sort of like, uh, you know, Jenna in the boardroom pitching her ideas, and like she tries so hard, but like, yeah, what is it? What is it about? Like, is it just because she's so severe and so into it? But like, why is that a problem? You know, it's it's an interesting mix, right? Because it's like she's really passionate about what she's doing but she doesn't it's kind of like she it it all comes down to like this variation of bedside manner like she I think that's a great example of kind of like everything with Jenna where she she knows her stuff she can like walk you know walk into the scene with Miss Mrs. Bowler and right away diagnose it and and give the other two doctors directions like she can 
she can save this woman's life. But if she had to interact with her and ask how she's doing, she's all thumbs. And I think it's like yeah. that just translates to the rest of her life. And I think that when we just see her as a fumbling doctor, much like Michael Scott, when we just see him as a fumbling manager, it, it, she's kind of ridiculous. But then when we kind of see how she struggles to like interact with people or, you know, mm-hmm. even with Richard or even trying to make jokes with, you know, Dee Dee or Dawn, like there's just like moments of like, Oh, you're not a bad person. You're just not like, you, you just have like two left feet when it comes to this stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, not to make a drag race reference, but all star six, it's, it's sort of like Jan in a way. Uh-huh. Like she wants it so bad. She actually is really great. But you just don't feel any. I think Jenna has a little bit more warmth, you know. Uh, uh-huh. You know, like yeah. what we're what, what at least what they're allowing us to see in Getting On versus Drag Race. But it, it just it kind of popped in my mind there for a moment. We yeah. love you, Jan. We love you, Jan. But it, there is something when someone's too hungry. Jana James. Yeah, Jana James. <laughs> yeah. Because everything's a Jan pun, it's, right? It's great. Right. Um, uh, anyway, yeah. Um, well, and I think you know by the by the last episode, I think we really see you know a real turning point for Jenna. I think, yes. um, yeah. you know, because again, much like the Office, it's like or like you know the comeback. It'll be like a series of losses and fails, and then she'll get a win. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so in this case, she loses Ingrid. Ingrid's son, you know, comes to take Ingrid away and, you know, has this whole rant about, you know, the American medicine system and whatnot. And, you know, Jenna, I, I love the way that Laurie Metcalf, like, when she's begging them not to, you know, not to leave, like, she, her voice breaks when she goes, please don't go. Like, she, like, it gets <laughs> real. Like, it's so real. Um, and meanwhile, in the farce of it all, Dawn has yes. invited Kevin down, her some someone she probably hooked up with like every once in a while, and the last time was like months ago, you know, and only when they're drunk and working the graveyard shift or working the graveyard shift, you know. Yeah, and like giving like a waiting room BJ too, like not even really trying to be like tuck away, you know, like find a, a closet or something, because then Oh, that's when Patsy comes down, which makes it even better. And Dee Dee has to like, I love how she has to like whisper yell at them because she can't be loud and wake the other residents. Right, right. So great. Or patients, whatever you want to call them. Um, Yeah, it's, I mean, I I just love the added layer of that. And that like. Yes. uh, And and Patsy with the the costuming of the chain and the Bluetooth. Like the ear, yes, the earpiece. The earpiece, like Uh, those details are. Pierced ear. The pierced ear, like he's someone like, again, there's so many great women in it that I forget to kind of notice the men, but like, you know, Paul and Patsy are really expertly done. And I feel like just the costuming on Patsy, I'm like, oh God, I know who this guy is. Ugh. Yes. And, And maybe we're kind of, nearing my sort of my my um my qualms maybe with patsy i don't know enough about him and i want to know more and i'm sure that's coming in season two yeah if, if you've if listeners if you've watched season two or maybe you even know i just feel like he's almost like this cartoon character at this point because like i guess the guy kevin was his name the don called down yep is like Patsy's arch nemesis. Is mm-hmm. that what he said? Yep. Like, how, he's like, how dare you do that? You knew that he was like it. The way he cries at like the drop of a hat. I just don't. I don't know about Patsy yet. I don't know if I like him. I know that I don't dislike him. Yeah. But I just wanna. I I love that. I love that he 
what he serves in the story and like what he makes Don do because he makes her go crazy and like, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you have anything to add without any giving away anything at the same time. That's just where I am. Yeah. You know, honestly, I don't like Patsy. Like the, the creation of this very complicated fucked up character. I like like the, in the yes. world of getting on, I think Patsy is a great addition because he's so fucked up. And mm-hmm. he's so fucked up when you think about it. It's like, oh, he is a monster in some ways, but it's also driven by clearly some like really awful like internal conflicts. Um, yeah. And so I think much like anyone in this show, you know, who has some kind of like negative qualities, much like Jenna, for example, um, there's a lot about him to dislike. And then eventually you start to kind of see the human reasons why he is like that. And it doesn't make us like them more. I do like to, I do start to like Jenna more. It doesn't make me like Patsy more, but I start to understand him more. And so I appreciate that he's well-rounded if that makes sense. Yeah. And really maybe my, my biggest complaint is that I we don't see enough of him, like just screen time. Yeah, I I, I don't yeah. I don't know what that looks like for him at the same time, but I just feel like he's never around. You, do you feel that? I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, my sense because I know that he obviously continues on, and then in the next season is, um, it's yeah, it's funny. It's one of those shows that feels like they knew they'd have a second season, you know, because like yeah. it almost feels like oh yeah, we're if this was meant to be standalone, we're not getting enough of Patsy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So those those are my, you know, yeah, Patsy thoughts. Some Patsy thoughts. Uh well, <laughs> well, Patsy's little meltdown, uh of course, I mean the the slapstick of it all reaches uh its height when when Dawn is trying to uh comfort Patsy and I think she either tries to pull him or he pushes her away and she turns and goes flying head and hairpiece first into the fountain. Yes. I, I, I and it and and then turns around and stumbles backwards into it again. And that I was like, the the pratfall of Alex Borstein, expert, expert. Level. The look yes. on her face, the way her legs went, it was genius. She tucked in there like a little. I don't like. It's just Alex Borstein sized. You know what yeah. I mean? Because she's like a little nugget and she just curled up right in there and like i don't know how you even practice that yeah i don't know like how many times they had to rehearse that maybe without water i guess to like right you know so she didn't have to get soaked every time but um it just worked i thought she was gonna hit her like like chin or something on it at first too which she didn't need to but i kind of wish there was a little bit of like you know she has a goose egg on her head afterwards or something (laughs) right 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 (laughs) i needed i needed some Something of her sitting at the desk the next day with like a goose head on her forehead. Right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's in, instead it's just like profound humiliation. And yes, um, you know, so she's, you know, I guess goes off to bed. And, you know, um, I do think the way they drop details in, there's a conversation between Dee Dee and Jenna talking about how they're, you know, the only sober people in the world. And we find out that they're both children of alcoholics. And yes, and Jenna has that great little monologue about like, I determined that I would always just be like a joy to everybody and I'd always be pleasant to deal with and everybody would like me and I would be happy. And, and I just, I love that. Like, we know that none of that's true. We know that she's not a joy to everybody. She's not happy. Like it was just, uh, and, and I felt the way that, that Dee Dee said, you know, my mother is an alcoholic. And then Dawn says, or, you know, Jenna says, yeah, my father was, or, you know, whatever my father was. Um, 
just that told me again so much. I was like, oh, Jenna, your father was an alcoholic. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's so great. So good. So she and Richard leave. We kind of find out that really Richard's just acting up because he doesn't want to go to Cleveland. Um, Dawn wakes up the next morning and it's, you know, it's funny. Now we see like sober Dawn, like the Dawn we typically see. And it was like, it was so jarring of like, oh yeah, you're not like that. You're like this, you know? Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, the episode just ends with, you know, Dee Dee leaving and Dawn kind of, you know, pound. Oh my God. Alex Borstein pounding a bottle of water in one shot. Did you see that? I yes, of course. I stuck around for it. Oh, I loved that. I I love that it was just like some off-brand bottle. Yeah, of water, you know. Yeah, I just love that nursing she home brand it from somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I do love. I do love this moment. Equally, like as impactful for me at least, when um, Don says, "Will I see you the day after tomorrow?" When she says it to Dee Dee, and yeah. she's like, "Yep." I'm not going anywhere else. And it's not like funny. It's just. Yeah. Reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I loved like th- that, that little note at the end, there was so much unsaid of like Dawn knows she made a fool of herself last night. And it's like, Dee Dee's just like, it's almost like I'm a nurse. I, you know, I had to take care of you last night. I take care of a lot of people. I take care of people yeah. who poop themselves. I take care of people who throw up. I take care of people who fall down. Like I take care of people who are drunk. Like it was just, you know, uh, and not in a kind of like because she's a saint or because she has like endless strength because Nisi Nash's performance of exhaustion this episode is not to be missed. It's it's so good. But um, yeah, I just love that there's like you don't have to apologize, you know. I was just going to say that, that Don, we, ne- we never hear Don say I'm sorry. We never see Dee Dee say, you know, what the fuck were you thinking right. coming in here right. like that? Like it's it's just kind of. Okay. Yeah, and I'm sure. Moving on. I think about what uh, Dee Dee said to Varla that one time of like, or no, what she said to the Cambodian woman of like, you know, they found me one time wandering a highway and you know, in a, in my in my oh, yeah, nightgown oh, yeah. for my brother's fiftieth. You don't even don't even ask. Like, Dee Dee's like, I'm not gonna judge you. You got drunk. You know, I've been there. Yeah. So that's true. That's yeah. True. Uh, so who is your BSA for the for the fifth episode? I mean, I have to agree. It's like for the fountain, the voicemail, yeah, the, the ponytail. It's Alex Borstein. Yeah, it's Don. Yeah, it re- it's such a good episode for Don. Like if we were to do just like we wanted to just do a featured episode on on yeah. Alex Borstein and getting on, this would be a great example because she just does the gamut. It, like it it helps to see how Don is in the first four episodes, but it's a great performance. Yeah, it gives us everything. Yeah. Physical comedy and just comedy in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, then some real humanity, you know? Like, I still feel like Dawn is, uh, like, I really, I see her as a as a real person in some ways as well, you know? Yeah, yeah, without going overboard. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, that brings us to the last episode of season one. Uh, where we open things up with, we get to see Molly. Well, Molly Shannon has a very brief appearance in the fifth episode, uh, in the beginning and the end. Like she, yeah, yeah, like Dee Dee sends her off to go get a few hours sleep. And then she's kind of the capper of like, Oh, how was it? How's mom last night? And she's like, yeah, it was quiet. Um, so we get a little bit of Phyllis Marmitan in the fifth episode, but we get a lot more of her in the sixth episode. 
<laughs> we do. The concert is the name of the, the concert. The sixth yes. I was like, ooh. I know. The concert. Um so I you know, I I think that Phyllis is a great featured character, you know, especially having kind of seen my mom go through like this medical stuff with both of her parents. Um Phyllis on the phone with her sister, like, you know, spouting off the things she's she's searched researched on the internet and like when she says, like, you know, I've been doing this so much, like, I've really been considering, like, being a nurse or, like, a social worker. I was like, that is so accurate to, like, do yes. this for a couple of weeks and think, you know what? I'm good at this. I could do this, you know? Uh-huh. And I love how she, like, sits in the wheelchair and, like, kicks it as she talks yeah. to It's such a great choice. I, I love she said... She's talking to Janice as her sister, mm-hmm. and she's like, we do have good genes. Well, besides the cancer and depression. Right. But she doesn't laugh about it. Right. She, I don't know if she does chuckle, but, like, I in my mind, she didn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so she's, uh, like, I she's she's becoming very well-versed in, in how to be the caretaking, you know, sure. caretaking uh, child. The, the daughter who, you know, didn't stay behind, but came back and picked up the slack. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so then, of course, she, you know, I think she's she's flying to Sacramento, and I love when she's when she's running out because the the clock is wrong, and she says, "Get your stupid clock fixed." And I felt <laughs> like a line that Molly Shannon improvised. Yeah, it's uh, poor Don. Yeah, she was just like, "Okay, okay, all right, thanks, have a good day." Uh, yeah. And then we get the scene of them doing rounds, and they start with Cordelia. Cordelia Mead. These Cord- names. Cordelia just, Mead. Yes. Um, really the guest star of this episode, Irma P. Hall as yeah. Cordelia uh, Mead. She is fabulous this episode. She never has her teeth in. It's great. It's, I think that adds all the more nuance. It adds yes. so much to it. So she is, she's got her, she's got a broken arm. She's clearly not all there. She's sure that some other Dawn has stolen her egg. Um, you stole yeah. my egg. And, and Dawn going through that routine with her of, oh, no, not I. I have not stolen your egg. And Jenna's like, enough, enough. Just get her another egg. You know? She's like, order up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I think Jenna says to Dee Dee, she's like, nurse, give, give, give me this happy menu. <laughs> I think she calls yes. it a happy menu. Yeah. A happy menu. Give me menu. this happy menu. Um, and this is where we see this obviously happen uh, a few times where Dee Dee is asking for the money. Uh, oh yeah, for the driveway work that her husband had done, which you know uh, Jenna kind of wriggles out of a few times. It's so awkward, but perfectly played. Yeah, um, it, the, what what it builds up to is such an amazing moment. So yeah, it's I think we'll really see it great. Yes, yeah, yeah. Phyllis has left, and now they've reevaluated that Mrs. Sullivan, her mother, that her GCS score, which I assume is like how close to dead someone is, uh, has, yeah, has gone down. Yeah. Did you get the sense, because then uh, Dawn has to call Phyllis, did you get the sense that this was almost like an homage to that scene in Roseanne with Aunt Jackie? Uh, which one? When she was like, Dad's dead. Dad's dead. Oh, my gosh. That's right on the phone. Yeah, yeah. This just felt I to mean, me, you know. I love that if it was. Right, right. Like, it plays out the same way of of the connection being bad and, like, Dawn being like, listen, I'm just going to say this really quickly because we don't have much time, but, like, your mother is starting to pass. You know, like, it's, you know, it just all of it felt like the same, uh, the same kind of moment, the same kind of beat. 
<laughs> yeah. I I love that. I love that you thought of that and I I say we go with it. Yeah. I say someone was a Roseanne fan. Someone was and, a Roseanne but fan. But added a little bit of the the fast talking was a little bit of a spin on it. Right. I'm just going to say it real fast. Yeah. yeah. But I'm sure Lori Metcalf saw that and was like, "Oh, Oh, I know what that is. I remember that. It just yes. makes me laugh. Um, <laughs> so uh, then, you know, Dawn asks Didi to help her hang the banner for con- for the concert. And uh, that's when we find out that, that Dawn and Patsy have uh, have gone into, gotten much more intimate you know, the night before. Yeah. Didi says, oh, you had anal sex. Yeah, for like 10 minutes, which was just like brilliant line delivery. I mean... She's Apparently, like, it's really popular in Cuba. Apparently, it's really said. popular in Cuba. I <laughs> oh mean, my God. oh, I love it. They go to a because they went to a gay bar called Turnips, and I just I can't I I want to believe that like Alex Borstein made this up because the the scripting of this is so funny. Of some mean little hottie called him who called him the Pillsbury Doughboy, but like for her to call someone oh this mean little hottie, I was just like, yeah, Dawn. What are we doing? What's going on here? Get out of there. Uh, you know? It just keeps getting better. Yeah. Um, and uh, so anyway, so she's in pain because uh, I guess, you know, they didn't use enough lube or, you know. She's healing. She's yeah. healing. Uh, we find out later she's got an anal fissure. As, uh, that wasn't just me speaking about myself 55 minutes ago, <laughs> by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was, uh, it was a quote. Uh, it was a great quote. Thank you. I uh, do not need that kind of slander. You not have an anal fissure. Um, yes. So we get now we have a, a scene that I could have also watched like a whole like ninety minute play of of um, Cordy Cordelia and this other old yes. lady left alone in this oh. room, and she says, "You can't sit there because your hair looks bad." And she says, well, I just came from the beauty parlor. And then <laughs> yeah, that was a great line. It's yeah. a great line. And Cordy just goes after her Jerry, Spring style, Jerry Springer style. Yeah, it's pretty violent. Yeah. I was like, Somebody help them. I think I like shouted at my screen. I know. I was like, really um, concerned for her. Yeah. 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 It looks rough. Yeah. So, yeah. And her hair is just totally fucked up. And, you know, Dee Dee and Dawn are... are um, admonished by Jenna and then Paul shows up and yes. he really wants to talk to Jenna and grab that coffee and this is where Jenna briefly gets the upper hand of like well I might have some other irons in the fire you know and uh, which is kind of an act to one gun for later in the episode of like well you know I don't need to I don't need this I don't need to stay here um, yes and so then we also find out that uh, well sounds like turns out there was a glitch in the app that Jenna and the other doctors were using to determine Mrs. Sullivan's GCS score. Turns out Phyllis doesn't need to come back. No big deal. Um, which I just thought was like, oh my God, that must be real. That must really happen. You know? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. How terrible too. And we never see, you know, uh, Molly Shannon or Phyllis on the other side of the line. It's just, right. we see Don call her. Mm-hmm. Well, like the idea of like going to the airport and then like, oh, no, 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 you have to come back. Like now she's Mr. Ugh. Flight, you know, like it's just, oh my God. I, it's uh, not to, not to jump ahead too much, but I, I'd almost expected Phyllis's freak out at the end to be bigger considering all the back and forth, you know? Oh Yeah. Oh God! Leaving, going to the airport is hard enough, but leaving oh. unexpectedly to go back—that's oh. just all of that. I I can't even think of. I'm getting Fort yeah. Lauderdale flashbacks. I was Ugh. just gonna say, get me out of here. On, yeah, <laughs> moving on. My baggage is showing up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and then we have this scene of Dawn and Patsy having lunch, and 
and just of the tragedy of like we know from the last episode we know that Donna's short on money we know that she's doing she's taking shifts yes. with an agency because that's how she got the call to oh, come yeah. for the night shift was because Margaret left and then she got a call from the agency and so she took the call because she's been you know doing that because she needs extra money so we know that money is tight and she buys she has this like you know this fake diamond encrusted pin on and she buys Patsy a matching pin money and a money clip and a watch. I know. It's just like, Oh no, what are you doing? And again, my faint memories of season two is that some of this like, Oh God, what are you doing? Just gets worse in season two. I might be wrong, but I feel like, this is just the beginning. And, you know, they, she wants to celebrate their special night, which apparently, I guess he was super drunk and just didn't remember, uh, didn't remember having sex with her. I'm assuming that was the narrative here. Same. I was trying to piece it together because she says it's to commemorate a special moment or something. Celebrate our special night. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I'm saying we had anal sex, which is an act of intimate love. Yeah. <laughs> He's the like, way that she says and it. he's like, no, 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 no. We and she's like, no, I have an anal fissure to prove it. I uh, like put that on a tote bag, you know? Yeah, it's great. It sounds like a drag name. I know, anal I know, anal fissure. Yeah, like how how can you make anal, an a, aim yeah, an yeah. This can't be good listening. Um, <laughs> like heaving, heaving, heaving breasts. Um, <laughs> yes, exactly. yeah. Uh, and that's of course when when Dawn says, "I want I wanted to pin you. I have an anal fissure, so we're dating." And that's end of end of discussion. End of yes. discussion. Yeah. Uh, and so now this the, here's this great scene of Dee Dee once Ooh, again. It's like my goodness, you know, Jenna's going out or whatever, but Dee Dee confronts Jenna again about the money, and Jenna's like, "Oh my god, oh, I totally forgot, and I got her under the bank, and I'll get it to you on Monday, I promise." And, and you know, Dee Dee is like just like measuring, like, okay, how much am I gonna like? You know, like, she's like, actually, it does matter. Like, he did a great job, and I just want him to get paid. And then, like, I'm taking care, you know, I don't I don't have money like you do. And, like, I'm taking care of six kids right now. And and mm-hmm. I, this is where I was like, Niecy Nash, wow. Because yeah. she goes, she does some, like, Olivia Coleman stuff in here, I felt. Like, it was like Olivia Coleman and the father, you know? Yeah. When she's just, like, all of a sudden is in tears, and she just is like, don't do this to me. And it's... Yep. Oh, and then she just starts to cry and like walks away. It's so brilliant. Yeah, it's just the way that she. It's like she's too proud. She's too proud to yeah. like, because like she doesn't want to beg for the money just as much as like Jenna doesn't want to give her the money. Because I'm assuming Jenna is also having her own problems with money, which is why she's delaying, right? Like, because I feel like. Like, what's the story there? That's the only thing I can really think of is just like, well, I don't really, you know, money's tight with us, too. But, like, it's really tight with Dee Dee. Yeah, I and... I don't think – I think that the problem is they have the money. They have the money. This would be so easy for them. And it's yeah. <clears throat> it's more of just, like, this, mean, this means nothing to Jenna. Or she's just so self-absorbed and unaware. And yet for someone like Dee Dee, it's like, we need this money. Like – you know, she talks about earlier how her mother won $50,000. I think during the, the night shift episode, she's telling a sleeping patient, you know, her mother won $50,000 in a settlement. Yeah. And she's like, I loaned her $5,000. I think I'm going to see any of that. And like, we, and we already mm-hmm. know that she's taking care of her sister's kids or her brother's kids. Yeah. So it's like Dee Dee's like underwater 
uh, and Jen is a doctor and her husband works at a museum. Like they could have yeah. paid her a long time ago. Yeah. I got it. I got it. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. It's the way that she turns away just at the right moment. And you know that she's crying or at least trying her best not to cry. Again, yeah. It's always like more powerful. And it tells like, She's able to give us more of an insight. Like, Dee Dee's able to tell us a little bit more about, like, how bad it is, you know, or, right. like, how, what her life is like outside of work. Right, right. Uh, and then we get really, like, Jenna just in such a, a Valerie Cherish kind of moment to be like, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw in a hundred, you know, like, that, that'll make it all better. I'm going to throw in a hundred bucks, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so then we find out that uh, the, the Cleveland opportunity is out. And I, and I love the specificity of that Dr. Rabinowitz was hit by a taco truck in Dallas. I love and, it. Hector. Uh, yeah, Hector, <laughs> currently in uh, a vegetative state. And there's that yes. one moment, I don't know who she's on the phone with, but did you notice when she's like playing with the binder cover? Yes! I wrote oh. that down. The way she's flipping the folder like that, it's just, oh, she's so agitated, but it's also just like... I don't think she even knows that she's doing it. Yeah, I loved it. It was such a smart choice of like, yeah, that's that's what you would do. And then we really we we do get a brief update on Susan, the woman who uh, had come in for the minor surgery on her knee so that she could run a marathon, and now will never be able to run again. Um, so we kind of get a, a capper on the, on uh, the aged Dakota Fanning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because she kind of, I think we, we meet her in the first episode, and she's come in, it's the, it's the first day of her stay, and then the end of the season is her leaving, you know, uh, kind of permanently hobbled. And it's just like, uh, I think she says, as crippled as Franklin Delano Roosevelt or something like that. Yes, that was good. And yeah. Jenna's like, well, you can take up speed walking, but right. you know, if you want to win, that's probably off the table. It's probably off the table. <laughs> like, yeah. Jenna. Jenna, just enough. Yeah. And then we, I, I would say really my favorite scene this episode and one of my favorite scenes the entire season uh, was bath time with Cordy. Yes. Uh, this was, I thought was brilliant. Um you know, and and Dee Dee, and and especially Dee Dee, in the context of like, we're seeing her kind of like in a state of need, and then talking to this woman who it sounds like has never really had much either. And you know, it's she's like, yeah. why are you, you know, why are you so mean to everybody? And she's like, well, you know, people are showing off, getting their hair done. Maybe I would have liked to have my hair done. You know, maybe I would have like my own private room. And the moment that I just was like, this, this, this is, this is. This is yes. too much for me. Was she says, "If you love me, I'll love you back," and it's yes. so powerful. And the delivery of it, I was like, "Oh my god!" I just, I thought that there was such a monumental moment that I felt like was hiding in this little show that no one is talking about. You know? Yeah, and it's just it's made even more perfect by the fact that she's like giving her a bath you know mm -hmm. what i mean she's already in this vulnerable state anyway not that yeah. cordelia probably gives a shit about any of it she's just like all right fine i'll sit in this bathtub but right um i don't know because because at that point like niecy nash or Dee, Dee is like is taking care of her at the moment you know yeah. like she is giving her some attention but yeah. like she she Every human needs more than that. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's it's also just like, a, is you know, I feel like there were a couple shots, or at least in my head, that like, you know, is Dee Dee thinking like, am I going to end up like this woman? Just right. constantly giving and giving and giving and giving. And then I'm, you know, all of a sudden 80 years old. 
sitting in a uh yeah i don't know what to call that contraption yeah it's kind of cool though i'm like i could when i throw my back out i kind of need that yeah right (laughs) i know i saw i saw something it was like a tweet or it was like an instagram post with a picture of a tweet where some girl was saying like you know this whole like um hot girl doing hot girl shit stuff sounds exhausting she's like i want to do like old lady stuff i want to like sit around cross stitch something take a shower in a chair <laughs> it's just like yes, yes. <laughs> i know those sit down bathtubs that just like the door closes i'm like i, I mean i want to sit kind down of like a little hot tub yeah yes. like i'll sit in the tub and in the shower like i'm not a, like especially if i'm hungover i'll lay in the shower um yeah but to have like i've always thought to have like one of those showers where there's a little bench you know i mean yeah. multiple shower heads oh i mean you know that's a, a steam yeah. opportunity oh i mean i'm i'm beside yeah. myself yeah um but indeed i do think there's a lot of meaning in this moment i think i hadn't even thought yeah. of that that like dd seeing herself you know that's no, that's also really interesting the way that dawn was concerned about seeing herself in some of these women here's a moment of dd seeing herself in these women and yeah um, and in cordelia and in someone who's gotten nasty you know like there's that too of like yeah. oh she's like what this has done to her and um it just it's such a beautiful moment but then it's like this show is so perfect at not spending too much time in the sentimental because then miss cordy's got to go to the bathroom and she's got to go number two you can't just go in the water and Nisi Nash just yelling, squeeze, squeeze, Miss Cordy. Yes. Well, she's trying oh, to get her God. wheeled up. Um, and then, unfortunately, the chair malfunctions and Miss Cordy goes splashing into the tub again and uh, I guess hits her chin. But, um, yeah, you know, she ends up with 22 stitches and... Uh, She's in her bed and she's yelling. She's like, they punched me and they hit me and they stabbed me. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. And they just pulled the curtain. They just pulled the curtain. Yeah. Curtain over. They're like, you know, all right, we'll deal with that later. Oh, and what's a really genius scripting moment was um, the hot potato of who was responsible. Because it was like, yes. well, Dee Dee was with her. Yeah, well, you know, Dawn, you should have been there. Well, you know, uh, this is really more Patsy's responsibility because it's equipment. Well, you know, my, my, you know. Uh, whatever the doctor I report to whatever you know wasn't available to sign off like they just keep passing the buck around and I think then she passes it to Paul or something but I was like that also must happen all the time yeah I feel like it ended with Jenna really because she's like let's all throw the tin can at Dr. James she's like I can only she has that great monologue like I I have limits I have a limit and then she walks away oh so good right Oh my God, that's right. It all comes up to Jen and she's like, oh, let's all, you know, uh, you know, come for Dr. James. Like, you know, everyone else gets a second chance. I don't, she doesn't get a yes. second chance. It's so great. And then, yeah, that, I wrote down that line. You know, I have limits. I have a limit. It's, it's one of Laurie Metcalf's best moments in the series. Yeah. Mm. And then this next, oh, it's great. It's great. And then this next scene, she's in the, in the break room and I just died when Paul walks in. She goes, oh, a, a, a touch of kismet. I, uh, I, <laughs> yes. a, a, a touch of kismet. I, it's, you know, I, I wanted to speak with you. And this to me was a classic, like Michael Scott, Valerie Cherish victory moment where yes. you think here is someone at the, you know, at the bottom of their barrel. And what I didn't really think about until it really played out was, you know, because Paul is like, what do I need to offer you to stay? 
and and she's like, oh, to stay, well. And then you come to realize that it's like, well, he was supposed to take this job that she has. And so not mm-hmm. only has Jenna won, but it's that thing that Getting On does where – well, he's giving her what she wants because if she leaves, then he's probably going to get moved to that wing, you know? Yeah. So it's really to help himself. But, you know, she also gets a litany of, you know, a research assistant in her parking spot and, you know, you know, publications of her, of her, you know, of her writing and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. So it all kind of, you know, uh, works out in the end for Jenna. Um in a way that, you know, uh, she kind of has to earn. She's kind of got to go through the ringer before she gets a lucky break. Yeah, I feel like she's earned it in a yeah. way. Even though there are moments where you're like, come on, Jenna, like come back down to earth. Like mm-hmm. after the day she's had or the episode that she's had, rather, it's it's like, yeah, she needs a win. It's good to see that. And she's yeah. really not asking for much. Yeah. Like she wants her park. I mean, kind of in a way, but like it, it does work out, like you said. Yeah. It's like she is spared. Like she's reached the point of almost near total humiliation and, you know, the potential of like, like she she's lost the Cleveland opportunity. She has to potentially interview for this job that she hates, that she doesn't want. She's lost her parking spot. And so like it's just a little bit of uh, a little bit of shit out of the shit sandwich, you know? Um, yeah. And I think she tells him. That she doesn't, she's not doing it, right? She's like, well, this is not convenient for me. Or was that earlier? Uh, What happened there? So she was about to tell him. She was gonna. Sorry. And then he was like, I can just make this whole thing go away. Yes. And I love that sort of plot device Mm -hmm. where it's like, she was a, she, if she would have said one more sentence, it would have all been over and he would have had the power. But she waits. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So it, so that all kind of works out in some way. And then, you know, Phyllis returns and she and Jenna confront Dawn. And I think that Alex Borstein does a genius performance of being in trouble at work and like making a call she shouldn't have made about like telling Phyllis that like she should come back because she, uh, you know, earlier she sees that, you know, her mother, you know, Mrs. Sullivan Sullivan is in distress and she's like, this is crazy. Her mother's dying. Tell her to come back. And so then, uh, you know, but Jenna is still convinced that, you know, her her score is at an eight and she's fine. And so now it's this confrontation of like, is my mother dying? Is she not dying? And then um, Phyllis snaps and she's like, you're driving me crazy. You realize that? Like, you're driving me nuts. What's going on? And that's when Dee Dee comes in. And it's like, uh, your mother just passed. So, yeah, um, it's perfect timing. It's perfect timing. And, you know, we kind of see some some you know, uh, final moments of, of Phyllis with her mother. But then it's, what I loved was like, we don't really have to see any kind of like, oh, okay, well, Dawn, I guess you're off the hook. I love that the next scene was this moment of of Jenna, Dawn, and Dee Dee sitting in the, in the empty audience chairs for the concert. Yeah, it's like they're at the principal's office. Yeah, you know I mean? like yeah. They're all, they've all done some pretty dumb stuff today i guess i don't know the the one thing i wanted to mention real quick before we get back to the principal's office is that jenna calls <laughs> phyllis miss marmoset mm. instead of mar and then she's like marmitan it's i just phyllis love marmitan. that she called her a marmoset marmoset what is a marmoset <laughs> i don't know it's oh. one of those words that i've heard before you marmoset gonna, I mean, we'll, we'll, f- we'll find out right yeah, now but that, that i just out. wanted to mention that because it's Oh, that made me laugh. I love uh, Marmoset. It's a monkey. Oh, it's a monkey. A primate. Oh, oh, I love that. That's a great detail. Yes. And, you know, what I loved about this moment was, you know, we get this little monologue. And, and of course, we had 
we had heard about Jenna in the last episode that her father was an alcoholic. And then we find out that, you know, when he was dying, you know, she was with him for four days. And then the moment she stepped out, then he died. And she says, you know, he was waiting for me to leave him alone. And I mean, yeah. that is a brilliant line that like, again, Jenna has done some stupid things, but to live with that narrative, like it, it tells me again, like oh, so much more about Jenna, you know. Um, Especially knowing that he was like also an alcoholic. Too, yeah, right? it was the, her father, right? It yeah, to that layer that yeah. we now know from the previous episode. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. They're, they're blending together now, so it's just huh, these writers, these writers, these writers. Yeah. Also, obviously, now you know uh, Jenna via Dawn gives Dee Dee the money, and Dee Dee via Dawn gives Jenna a receipt. And and Dawn says that she was with her mother when she died, and she threw a juice carton at me. And yeah. uh, and Dee Dee's grandfather, when he was dying, he wouldn't stop playing with himself, even with all the grandkids around. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I think Jenna says that that's um that's distressing. Yeah. And then we get this final scene, this final scene of the concert of of Patsy and Dawn and Dee Dee doing this this you know. A harmonizing rendition of Row, Row, Row Your Boat with Jenna on the piano. Because Jenna plays the piano, of course. It's crazy. I love that she's playing the piano. I love I just it. I love that. And I just died. I love they finish it. Everyone's applauding. And Dee Dee says, come on, Cordy. And Cordy's like waves her paw away. And then uh, Dawn says, you know you liked it, Cordy. And, and then there's just like this one more shot of them. And then it ends. And it's mm-hmm. such a genius ending. I I laughed so hard. I just couldn't believe that was the ending. You know you liked it, Cordy. <laughs> cut. Smash cut. cut. <laughs> I was not expecting it. I Even though I read that sign at the beginning of the episode, it's, it's like caretakers, what was it called? Caretakers concert. Caretaker, yeah. yeah. Uh, caregiver, caregiver concert. concert yeah. yeah. After, after nap and snack. I, I didn't register that that was them. Like, they're the ones that are giving the concert. And they did this, like, uh, the rounds right. of Row, Row, Row Your Boat, where it starts to harmonize. And there's, like, choreo. And it's just, but it's very light. Yep. But they all, like, they had to have practiced it because it worked out really well. Mm-hmm. And the, there's a little harmony at the end from, I think, Dee Dee. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it was it was so great. It was so great. We get a quick shot of Birdie, which just felt important to me. Of like, oh, there's Birdie. There's Birdie. Yeah, we need to see Birdie. We need to yeah. see Birdie before it's over. And, uh, and like the last shot, like the look on Dawn's face, she's got this big smile on her face. And I just, I thought like, oh, you, you, this is one of those good days, you know, like this is one of the, or at least one of those good moments. And yeah, it was, it was just so fun. I just loved it. I thought that was uh, a fabulous way to end the season. Yeah. Cause it's light. It's like, it's, it's something that they all had to do no matter what day they had. They all mm-hmm. had to do this. There's no backing out of it. Someone has to play the piano. Someone has to hit that harmony at the end, you know? <laughs> yeah, someone's got to do it. They've got they to gotta put it, do it. They've got to. This is part of their caregiving is putting on this concert. And um, yes. yeah, it was great. And, and obviously there's kind of the like the sardonic tone of singing a song that ends with life is but a dream and it's been nothing but yeah. a nightmare all day, you know? Yes, yeah. yes beautiful beautiful well that is season one of getting on did you were there any other thoughts any anything we we missed any other details most importantly who is your bsa of the last episode my goodness this might be hard for me here 
Because it's, I feel it's sort of like between Cordelia and Dee Dee. Hmm. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Dee Dee. I loved, um, really just for the Olivia Coleman, like you said, that's a great comparison. Um, I, I feel, I'm trying to, you know, I say Dee Dee and that's really, but sometimes that's all it is. I don't have to justify it. Yeah, yeah, it's Dee Dee. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, enough said. I mean, my vote was was Cordelia's, Irma P. Hall, so both are represented. And obviously, I mean, Laurie Metcalf is swimming in BSAs from this podcast already, but obviously she's incredible this episode. Uh, you know, Dawn giving the phone call to Phyllis. I mean, like, they're all, Phyllis, get your stupid clock fixed. You know, yes, Birdie, Birdie, the last episode, can I have a glass of water? Um, I just, <laughs> I love these ladies. This has been, I know, uh, just such a delight. It really has. I'm so glad that we, that you chose this because this was definitely your idea and that it's such a nice little package of women and like great television. Great writing, great acting. You know, here's a season two someday. Yeah, here's a season two someday. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, we'll, I think some of what we'll be talking about next will probably come up in the Best Supporting After Show, but we don't start giving you hints about what's going to be on the Best Supporting After Show until we start getting played off, which is happening right now. Ugh. So before we say anything more about that, uh, where can folks find more of you? Uh, they can find me on my other podcast, The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast that comes out every Thursday. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Nick Kochanov. How about you, Colin? Well, you can find more of me on my other podcasts, All Right Mary, currently talking about Drag Race España and All Stars mm. 6. And on Patreon, uh, Jersey Shore Season 1, so it's all, nice. a whole goddamn range. And you can find me on In the Details, a celebration of nuance, which is coming back whenever it feels like it. Um, letting, you know, letting it tell me, you know. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. it's GCS score is at an 8 currently. <laughs> yeah, we're not sure. We're not sure yet. So, Some calls um, are being made. Yeah, exactly. Some calls are being made. But uh, it, it's definitely not slipping. I know that. So, yes. um you can find me there. You can uh, get more of me on Twitter at Colin Drucker, Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And you can get more of both of us in a best supporting capacity at BSA pod on Twitter. Or you can email us at the pod at gmail.com. I started actually answering some emails. It's been a while. We see them. We see you. Mm. Um, and I'm going to try to work my way through them because they're all so lovely and a lot of great suggestions and just general comments. So I will do my due diligence, my secretarial work. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I know I could pitch in because I'm obviously yeah. somewhat retired. Um, I just, I'm retired and my brain is just you know tired so i apologize i could take i could pick up the slack yeah it's all good um well folks as per usual keep your peepers peeled because the best supporting after show as i mentioned earlier is coming out on friday in which we will be talking about the emmy nominations that have just come out earlier this week and uh that may inform some of what we're going to be talking about in the future weeks so stay tuned for that and that as they say is that. <laughs>